Welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you for joining us this Easter morning. I'm Sarah. This is Micah, and we're the pastors at the Vine Church, and we're just excited to be together today. So for some time, we've been in a series on the mission of God, exploring the continuous narrative that flows through Scripture, telling a story of God's desire to reconcile people to himself, to bring about healing in this world. So we've been looking at the story of the mission of God, and last week, at the beginning of Holy Week, we looked at the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem, uh, hailed as king and explored. So how in the story of the mission of God does the idea of Jesus' kingship affect who we are and how we operate and uh, affect the church. Today, we get to celebrate resurrection. We get to celebrate this pinnacle moment in the story of the mission of God. Today, we speak of resurrection and new life. So the last, uh, about a week and a half ago, um, spring started. If you're here in the Tri-Cities, you probably saw just tons of trees blossom overnight. I was driving a week or two ago and coming down the street that we live on and I, I was just struck by this tree that I saw. You were struck by a tree. <laughs> I was surprised ah, yes. by this tree. I did not strike the tree, just so you know. I'm good. Um, but I saw this tree and it, it just kind of surprised me. And so I pulled over to take a closer look at it. And I even snapped a picture of it. It was one of those blooming fruit trees that don't produce fruit. We have a lot of them around here in the Tri-Cities. And what struck me about it is that it was leaning over on its side. Evidence of the great wind that we always have here in the Tri-Cities. There was more evidence of that wind under the tree because there's all sorts of tumbleweeds there. And so you could see that this tree had had a hard life in the wind. And yet it was also beautiful because it had these beautiful pink blossoms on it. And so today as we talk about Easter, as we talk about the resurrection, this is an event that is full of life and hope and full of promise. And yet also, it's a part of a larger story of a great challenge and struggle. So, Jesus uh, was born to an Israelite family, uh, to Mary and to Joseph. He grew up and learned his father's trade. Uh, and then at 30 years old, he begins his public ministry. He takes on the role of a rabbi. He invites 12 disciples, apostles to follow him. Uh, and, and they experienced a whole new way of life following their rabbi, Jesus. And so for three years, he taught and he healed. He performed miracles. He was constantly in conflict mm -hmm. with the Pharisees and Sadducees, both the religious and civic rulers of Israel. And in time, uh, they turned him over, handed him over, arrested him, um, handed him over to Rome, and Jesus was crucified. Uh, a couple nights ago at our Good Friday service, we reflected in a dark candlelit room on this this terrible, tragic day as Jesus hung on a cross and breathed mm -hmm. his last. For a couple days, he was in the tomb, but today we explored what happened on that Sunday morning. On that first Sunday morning, um, we're going to be reading from John 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running 
to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. That is an incredible story. It's like so exciting. It's this cliffhanger like, so what is happening in this moment? But instead of getting into the meat and the really important things of it, I, every time I read this, I, I, I kind of have to chuckle. Uh, so let me start with just a little levity, which is good on a, on a day that we uh, celebrate new life. The way John writes this story is hilarious to me. Um, so John, the author, is telling the story of uh, Jesus' life, death, resurrection. The Gospel of John is written by him. And instead of referring to himself as John or saying I, he calls, he gives himself this uh, humble little title, the one whom Jesus loved. Okay. So first of all, he is might, true. He, he, Jesus did love him. And he, I don't know, but it, it just seems a funny title yeah. to give yourself in the story. Uh, and he might be dealing with a little bit of a pride complex. I don't know. That's, that's, I probably shouldn't say that about John. I'm joking, but he gives himself that title, and then he specifies in this text, and also in a foot race, I can be Peter every time. He just, he needed us to know that. That is funny. Human moments yes. in the story. Yes, That's I good. love it. You know, imagine being a disciple in this moment. What would be your conclusion? Here the disciples come to the tomb, and the tomb is empty, like what are they thinking in this moment? Was the body stolen? Was the body moved by someone? Wondering what happened to Jesus. It's interesting to me that it doesn't appear like anyone's first conclusion was that Jesus rose from the dead. And so today we're going to take a look at several of the responses of, from Jesus' disciples to the resurrection. Yeah, so a woman named Mary Magdalene, which Sarah will tell us a little bit more about, she comes to the tomb uh, to prepare Jesus' body. This is in John chapter 20, verses 8, 11 through 18, if you want to look at it later. Um, and she was weeping there by the tomb, and she knelt down, and she saw two angels inside, seated where Jesus had been. And they asked her, why are you crying? And she responds, well, they've taken the, my Lord away, and I don't know where they've put him. And at that moment, she turns around, and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't yet recognize who he is. She thought she's, he's someone working in the garden there. And uh, he, he, he asks the same question that the angels did. Why are you crying, Mary? Um, who is it that you're looking for? And thinking he was a gardener, she says, well, they've taken him away. They've put him somewhere and I need to go and, and get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And at that moment, she recognizes who he is. And she turns towards him and she cries, uh, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
as she witnesses the first witness, Jesus is alive. And this is just such a powerful and remarkable moment. Just a tiny bit of context here. In the first century, women had a very restricted role. And yet Jesus, it's remarkable throughout his ministry, he invited women to be a part of his ministry. He included women in what he did. And Mary Magdalene was one of these disciples. Jesus had healed her and she had traveled with Jesus and his disciples. And she was there at his death, at his burial, and now she's the one who discovers the empty tomb. And I love how in this story, Jesus first appears to her, Mary Magdalene. In her response, she's she's at the tomb weeping. But when she sees Jesus, her response is just great joy. I love that there's a human moment in here where it's described that she just holds on to Jesus. And you can imagine her excitement, her relief, her amazement, her joy. And Jesus says, go, go and tell the other disciples that I have risen. So this woman, Mary Magdalene, the first witness to resurrection uh, on that day. And, and that's remarkable. You know, I love her exclamation when she sees Jesus, realizes who it is. She says, teacher. And, um, of all the names she could have referred to Jesus with, those that are very reverent and very high in Israelite culture, of all the things she could have said in that moment, she says, teacher. And I'm not fully sure of the implications of that. I've been processing it, though, this week. It really stands out to me, teacher. There is one thing that I know for sure. In this moment, she is learning. She is a student of the story of God, like what God has been doing since creation. She is witnessing and learning God's plan. She is witnessing and learning God's power. She is coming to understand more fully the identity of Jesus in this moment. So we see Mary Magdalene responds with joy when she sees Jesus. We want to look at Thomas as well. Continuing on in John chapter 20, it tells the story of Thomas. Thomas was one of the disciples. And when Jesus first appeared to um, the 12 disciples, uh, Thomas wasn't with them. And so the other disciples told him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas's response was to say, unless I see the marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, I will not believe. And a week later, Jesus appears again. And this time, um, Thomas was there. And Jesus invites Thomas to approach and, and to come to him and place his hands on the marks where the nails were. You know, Thomas gets a pretty bad rap in the telling of, of this story. Uh, maybe rightfully so, but, you know, I think if we're honest, we all have a little bit of Thomas, a little bit of doubt or question in us. We want a little bit more proof. We want a little bit more experience. And I'm not sure that that's all bad. Absolutely. And notice Jesus's response to Thomas. Jesus invites mm -hmm. Thomas to approach and invites him with his questions and with his need to touch the marks in his hands. And Thomas's response after Jesus has invited him and he's experienced his presence is an exclamation of faith. And he says, my Lord and my God, because when someone experiences the risen Lord, the risen Jesus, that's the only, that's the only response is, oh, you are Lord. You are 
God. From from the one who doubts and yes. gets a bad rap for doubting mm-hmm. comes the most poignant ex- exclamation of who Jesus yes. is in this story. And finally, the last reaction we want to look at is uh, found in Luke chapter 24 um, on the road to Emmaus. So two people from Jesus' inner circle, not one of the, not the 12 apostles, but an inner circle that's being informed of all the things happening in this moment. They're traveling seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they were discussing everything that had taken place over the past week. After all, less than a week ago, Jesus had entered Jerusalem, hailed as king, and now he's been hung on a cross. And the they're talking about the fact that, hey, we're hearing these stories from some of the followers. The women are saying that the tomb is empty and they're confused and they're curious. And Jesus walked up to them in this moment while they're traveling uh, to engage in conversation. And once again, um, their vision is veiled or something. They don't uh, recognize who he, who he is initially. And uh, he asked them, hey, so what are you talking about? What's going on? And uh, they mock Jesus. So casual, you know? I know. They mock him for not knowing what had happened. And what's ironic is this is Jesus they're talking with, who is the only one who really knows what's happening yet in this moment. And uh, so they go on to describe what's been happening here in Israel. They describe this man, Jesus, who's a prophet and who's powerful. And we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel, but he was hung on a cross. He died and he was buried. But some of the women are saying that amazing things are happening. The body's not in the tomb any longer. And Jesus gets to turn uh, the rebuke back on them. And as he says, how foolish are you and how slow are you to believe? And he goes on to explain to them all that the prophets of Israel had told them about what was to come in the Messiah. And after recounting the story, they arrive at their destination. Jesus about to walk on. They they uh, beg him, no, stay with us. And so they do. They sit down at a meal together. In Luke chapter 24, verse 30, uh, it says, uh, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And after the encounter, the, the two uh, followers, they rush back to Jerusalem to tell the apostles, The Lord, he has risen. We have seen him. You know what strikes me, so many interesting details, what strikes me about that story specifically in verse 21, when they respond to Jesus and say, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And in this moment, they're they're downcast, they're disappointed because to the disciples, redeeming Israel meant liberating Israel from their political enemy, which at this time was Rome. And they had hoped that Jesus would be the one to do that. But Jesus's plan for the redemption of Israel and the world. The mission of God. The mission of God was much, much larger than what the disciples understood in that moment. And I really wish when I read this story, I really wish we had record of how Jesus explained this to them. We don't know exactly what he said, but notice here uh, what Jesus does. He explains how the Messiah um, fits into the larger story of a God. He said, let's go back and let's look at Moses. Let's look at the prophets. Let's look at the overarching story of the mission of God, God's mission to redeem his creation. And the disciples here are just struggling to piece it all together. You know, and what enabled this moment to take place was their curiosity, Mm -hmm. 
their questions and their conversation that revolved around what was happening and who Jesus was. I really appreciate their curiosity in this moment. And I think it's really significant that the moment they came to the realization he is our Lord, Jesus is alive, the moment of revelation came at the table sitting around a table. It came in community with food on a table and in the presence of Jesus. And I think this is a beautiful and remarkable uh, part to the story. In fact, many of the greatest revelations of people uh, as to who Jesus was, as to what God was doing that we read in the gospel accounts, they happened around a table. And I think it ought to inform our posture, curiosity, conversation, food, conversation. These are places of revelation in our Christian journeys. So as we look at the resurrection today, we've looked at three different responses from Jesus's disciples. Mary Magdalene believed immediately when she saw Jesus and she was filled with joy. Thomas had a lot of questions and doubts and, and wanted to experience Jesus before believing. And then the other disciples on the road to Emmaus, they responded with curiosity. And so I wonder today, where are you at as you think about the resurrection, as we think about the resurrection, how are we responding today? Is it out of joy? Um, Is there some doubt there? Is there some curiosity? Maybe a combination of some of those things. Whatever your response to the resurrection is today, Jesus invites, just like he invited the disciples that we looked at today, Jesus invites us all to approach to approach him, to draw near, and to experience him as a savior. He said, come and see that I'm alive to Mary Magdalene. Come and feel the marks in my hand to Thomas and come and share a meal with me to the, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus invites us to approach. So today is Easter, and we remember resurrection. We remember the story that he is no longer in the grave, but he is alive. He has risen. And there are profound implications uh, of, of resurrection, right? The story could have gone in many directions, concluded in many different ways. Resurrection is how it ended, and, and that's significant. First of all, it informs us to his identity, uh, it, it concludes the matter that he is the Messiah, the son of David. In the life of Israel, he is their their Messiah. He is the one they have been waiting for. But further, for all humanity, it, it, resurrection uh, has this implication. He is the Lord and Savior. He is God. Mm-hmm. Another implication is that Jesus has conquered death. Jesus said to Martha earlier in the Gospel of John, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so death has no hold on Jesus. And because of that, death has no hold on the followers of Jesus. We are invited to resurrection and new life. We are invited to eternal life with Jesus. Yeah, and finally, this implication. Um, Jesus throughout scripture is called the Lamb of God. And, you know, there's this conversation of this sacrificial lamb. Uh, Jesus was to be a sacrifice. But here's the interesting thing. Um, a sacrifice's purpose is to die. 
So what does it mean that he rose again? Um, it means that a new era has become, has begun. It means that new life has come into this world. So today is Easter and we are here to celebrate this. Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. And in his unfailing love, Jesus, the risen Savior, invites us to approach. He is risen. Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and for this time, this opportunity to remember a story of Jesus, of resurrection, of new life, and new hope. God, thank you that we get to live into that new life and that new hope here and now. Um, God, we are thankful for your plan uh, to bring about reconciliation, that we could live in relationship mm -hmm. with you. We thank you for your plan to bring about healing in this world. God, we pray more of it. As Jesus prays, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, God, thank you for this time to remember new life that you have invited us into. In Jesus' name, amen. There's this great song by Phil Wickham. It's uh, it called Christ is Risen. We're going to post it for you today. We'd love for you to take a look at that. Christ indeed is risen, our risen Savior. And we get to celebrate that today. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Easter and have a great week. Bye, everyone.